Listening to WandaVision Vision. Oh this is God. the official unofficial. Uh, <laughs> we'll make that clear. Legally, we are not official, <laughs> but we are. Uh, yeah. WandaVision recap podcast for WandaVision on Disney Plus. My name is Ben Wynn. I am joined as always by my equal parts co-host, Justin Barrett. How are you? Hey man, I am feeling equal to you in every way. Oh, that's good. That's progress. That's progress. <laughs> now if we could just get a non-male voice on here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, yep, well, that's the next step. <laughs> uh, Justin, uh, in a handful of words, how, how are you feeling after the penultimate episode? How, how, how are, What's going on uh, in your brain right now? I'm feeling so satisfied, Ben. I feel it was such a great penultimate episode. It was everything that, you know, we got answers and we got... Um, just moments of beauty um, and like stillness that I think counteract so much of the the drive that that we have going on with the show. So I, I, I'm 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 excited to talk about it. So unlike Angelica Schuyler, you can be satisfied. That's right. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Because I ate a Snickers. Why division vision? Are you a little bit hungry? Hold on. We gotta just take a look. Where are our sponsors real quick? Yeah. Are you having a just a day, but you don't have time to go to lunch? You can't run to Panera or what you might call St. Louis Bread Co. If you live in the Springfield or St. Louis markets, <laughs> you don't have time for that. What do you need? You need a Snickers. Snickers. It satisfies hunger because it has peanuts in it. All right, we're back. So uh, let's let's get going. I just want to say episode. real quick, <clears throat> bravo for landing Snickers, Ben. That was like that's a huge feat. Good for you, dude. You wouldn't. You, we'll talk off mic. The yeah, we're going from like not making any money on this podcast to we're making Snickers money. Yeah, by which I mean they are going to send us money that's been molded out of melted down Snickers. That's like the only quarter, kind I accept. Quarter with a caramel. Noodle. <laughs> okay, uh, let's assemble our infinity gauntlet of observations regarding this most recent episode, the penultimate episode of Wandavision. Previously on. Let's start things off, as always, with the Soul Stone. These mm. are the moments that make your heart beat, that give the episode life. Justin, what were your soul moments for episode eight previously on? Here's the thing. Every one of these scenes, every one of these kind of like flashback scenes, um, had some great line. The, like the dialogue, like the script was just off the charts with this episode for me. Yeah. I was attached to it every time that they like they had a, they you know, there was just so many lines. So like I'm just going to I'm just going to throw out a couple lines to you here. Um like uh when um who is it? Uh, uh, uh Agatha says uh or no, sorry. Uh Vision, this is when Vision and Wanda are sitting on the bed um in that in the in the Avengers compound and uh you know the the Malcolm in the middle scene happens and he Brian Cranston gets crumbled and um, and Vision yeah, says, oh, how do you how do you know he's not really hurt? And she says, it's not that kind of show. And that's summed up for me. Yeah, everything. That was pretty awesome. just everything. I agree. Um, because I mean, well, yeah, I mean, it, it speaks for itself. But um, so that that moment um, and uh, you know, what? I'm not going to say the other quotes because I'll probably get to them later. Instead, I'm just going to say the other moment for me was just that that last that cliffhanger, that beautiful, beautiful, the last two words of this episode, uh, Scarlet Witch. Uh, we finally got it said. We finally understand the chaos magic aspects to it, or at least kind of understand it. But It at least has a name to it now. And it, yeah. yeah, I mean, there's there's a little more understanding of how she she's going to kind of own this moniker, and I think that that is very exciting. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you that mad props to Laura Donnie, who I'm sure subscribes to the podcast, uh, this was the first, like, if you go on her IMDb, this is the first big credit ever. She has one other credit for ghosting the spirit of Christmas, which I have no idea what that is. You haven't seen that? And then WandaVision staff writer, and then specifically this episode, head writer of this episode, which was a, a very intricate, you know, complicated episode. So 
Shout out to Laura Donnie and, and let's hope that Marvel and the Disney machine uh, realize they've got some talent there and give her some yeah. more opportunities. I'm with you. There were a handful of really beautiful moments and quotes mm. and uh, yeah, tr- truly a well-crafted uh, episode. I will go more specific here and yeah. say that I'm with you. As I was trying to pick out my Soul Stone recipient, it was kind of like a four-way tie between each of the major mm-hmm. set pieces of Wanda's mind. But I had to land on uh, the the moment where her family is watching television uh, together. Yeah. We kind of have this aha. This you know We had this assumption, right, that she escaped through television in her youth, as we all do. But this, this really concrete ex- example of this distillation of the DVD box sets of the different eras and everything like that inside of the suitcase. And... Um, I will be very honest with you. I, I can't remember if I've talked about this on the podcast before, but I I cry at movies and TV shows Me too. A, a lot. Anytime so there's daddy daughter stuff, yep. I cry. Daddy daughter stuff wrecks me because I've got two girls. And um, like Coco, I don't know if I can ever watch Coco again. I guess slight spoilers for Coco, but mm-hmm. yeah, like I, mm-hmm. when I got to the, the the reprise of the song, I cried so hard. I was watching it. It was a double date with our my next door neighbor. Shout out to Matt and Emily, who actually might listen to the podcast. Um, who I have watched so many movies with. They've seen me cry at so many movies. And I cried so hard at Coco that my neighbor Emily turned to my wife, Sarah, and said, is he going to be okay? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I didn't cry that hard. But when her parents died and she looks back at the couch and is processing that they are gone, I did cry a little bit, which was... um, I love the MCU. I think I've hopefully made that case very clear. That might be the first time I have cried at or during a Marvel yeah. intellectual property. I have to maybe think about it. Maybe maybe there have been one or two other moments. That moment truly got me to cry, and I think that's a testament to how much heart and soul WandaVision has, how much they have made me care about Wanda, how much they have made me truly pity her and her struggle and everything she has had to go through to get to where she is. And yeah, I just thought that was very effective storytelling. The, the way that the color all just got sucked out of the room yep. when... The bomb went off. Um, yeah, just really powerful stuff and very effective filmmaking. That's my winner. A couple of little honorable mentions here. I just loved very early on with when Agatha said, fake Pietro, Fietro, if you will. Yeah, loved yeah. that line. And uh, I, I, you know, we've got some other set pieces here, and I think that we will we'll get to them. But yep. uh, yeah, that, that was it for me. How about the Space Stone? Best use of space, the visual medium, best set pieces, costumes, Etc. For me, I, uh, I I think that the reveal of the hex actually being constructed has to win it for me. And this is a big thing, I think, because I think everybody who's a fan of sci-fi and, and you know, ultimately that's what superheroes are, right, uh, for the most part, uh, is, is aware of the prequel and the, the heavy, you know, potentially troublesome tradition of the prequel and uh you know uh I, you might be hearing our intern ruby on mic um she's uh she's on the ones and zeros on the knobs um <laughs> we don't pay her don't worry it's, it's not child labor if you don't pay them um <laughs> not even in snickers not even in snickers not, money well hey that's why do you think we got that sponsor so uh i i want to say that like you know well, you know, I'm like a huge Star Wars fan, and the prequels are flawed. People are too hard on them. But, you know, uh, what's hard about a prequel is that oftentimes the answer to the question you have in your own mind is more interesting than the answer that the writer or the director is going to come up with. That's the ultimate problem with prequels is that you have created your own head canon, and you're right. like, well, I know how this happened in my brain, and if it's not as cool as what's in my brain, then it's going to fail. And that's a tough bar to clear. And I got to say, for me, it very much cleared this bar. That moment of Wanda walking out, looking at the the real estate deed, although it, it did crack me up to consider The Vision going in for a bank loan. And uh, <laughs> his apparently his government name is The Vision, yeah, according yeah. to the piece of paper. Uh, but just like her dropping and screaming and the, the hurt and uh, pouring out of her and watching everything change from, you know, uh, from modern day to the 1950s, the visual aspect of that was truly compelling and will be one of the five or six visuals from this series that pops up in my brain on recall when someone says WandaVision. Yeah. So that's the winner for me. How about you? Uh, first of all, I mean, I completely agree. Like that moment where she, you know, we see her driving to Westview and I'm like, 
okay, so yeah, what? Like, it completely blindsided me. And I mean, if I was a smarter person, yeah. I might have picked it up. But I, I was, this whole time, I've just been wondering, like, why Westview? What is it about Westview that's, you know, is it just a random podunk town nearby or what what's the deal um but the fact that she goes and stands on the foundation of their future and then opens that you know and just you see it right there like to grow old in uh that was that was a moment i cried that was the moment i cried for sure yeah. but i got teary there i mean that's the thing is like once i got the tears from the first cry i kind of just coasted yeah. with tears in my eyes <laughs> yeah. the whole time yeah. uh but yeah the one that made them like fall out of my eyeballs was the first one but i'm with you i, I was teary there and, um, and i hurt I, my heart hurt for her. Yeah. My uh, my space and stone. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> my space stone with this with this episode was uh, seeing Vision disassembled. Um, his so that was my runner body. Yeah, yeah. Uh, spread out across the tables, which you know is uh, now I had to uh, this one actually I found when I was reading some some stuff online because um, this was before I started reading comics. But uh, in a West Coast Avengers. Uh, comic. This is actually it's it's a run by John Byrne. You can go look up, uh, just look up John Byrne Vision, and you can probably find it. But um, it is uh, uh, like directly. I mean, it's like he, his whole body is strewn out across like multiple lab tables, uh, connected by wires only, and it's just it's haunting. Um, knowing that like this is a superhero. This is somebody who like like lives to save people <laughs> and seeing him uh turned into like a frankenstein's monster uh but you know the way that they handled it here was really really gruesome in my opinion i mean like in a good way just like yeah. it, was, it was very chilling to see the lifeless body of vision again and again and again throughout this show but now even disassembled ugh even the language that they use to discuss him, like she's talking about him like he's a person and they're talking about him like he's an asset. Yep. And he's yeah, I, I found all that, <laughs> I found that to be very effective and um, hard to watch. And, you know, I think that moment where she goes over and touches his head and like processes yep. like he's gone, like the visual of that was tough. I think that they've done such a good job of showing us, you know, I think that like hardcore comic fans, some of them are like, pissy that like we ha other than the halloween episode episode we've never really seen uh like bright red and bright green vision you know and bright yellow um but we've still seen red and green vision you know yeah. and and to show that like the color sucked out of them like that is uh it's, like, it's a bummer and it's, it's yeah. i mean it's very very well done it's very effective it's very effective visual storytelling it, on that note it makes me sad on that note i i'm a big comic book fan as you know and for me like the bright colors that Captain America donned in the Avengers, the original one, uh, don't fit with the world that they've created now. You know what I mean? That's and the so, thing is, it it just doesn't always. I yeah. Absolutely. So they they toned it down. Are, they toned it down for the for the next yeah. couple of movies, and I think it looks way better. And I think that that's just the world that we yeah. live in now. Yeah. No, I totally agree. I mean, that's I think one of the big things about the Avengers project. You know, this like this entire MCU thing is that like you have to find a common ground where they all make sense together. Yeah. That's I think like not to get off the rails, but in the DC ECU or whatever the hell they call that nonsense. Uh they <laughs> the problem is that they're all going with the darkest, grimmest version of Batman as their jumping off point. Yeah. And it's like, well Superman and Wonder Woman have to go a pretty long way to end up at the darkest, grimmest Batman storylines. Mm -hmm. Like like mm -hmm. whereas like, you know, Green Arrow doesn't have to go quite as far, you know, but like, it's like, maybe you should have found somebody like Aquaman that was a little bit more in the middle and used them as the template. Right. And I do think that like the MCU did a good job of using someone like Iron Man who like is fairly grounded. It's like, it's, it is still fairly high concept sci-fi, but if you can accept this dude built a robot suit, then that's the only real like logical conceit you have to throw towards the movie, right. you know? And right. then otherwise Iron Man is, yeah, very grounded in reality. And and then you build from there, you know, and I, that's so yeah. I'm I'm with you. I think that these are very smart people who are making these movies and TV shows, who have made these choices with a with a purpose. It's not always as simple as just like why isn't the why isn't Wanda wearing the 1960s, you know, Scarlet yeah, Witch yeah. outfit? It's like because it's goofy looking. I love it too. I love it too. When I played with her as Marvel heroes, I made sure she always had the retro costume on, <laughs> but it looks goofy. Like both can be true. Speaking of the 1960s, uh -huh. let's talk about time, yes. the time stone. So normally this is for the best use of the era. 
And we're going to have to repurpose this one, I think, for our Falcon and the Winter Soldier series. But I do have a proposal for this particular episode, which was that I did think that they were... It's not a time period, necessarily. Mm. But I do think they were riffing on things like Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind and um, A Christmas Carol, which are like these very dreamlike breakdowns of what went wrong in your life. And jumping off of that rule that I made up for myself... I thought the best use of this was simply watching Wanda physically walk from thing to thing periodically. Mm -hmm. And and there were moments where like she was in her prison cell and then walked into her room in the Avengers compound. And the way it kind of caused you to go through the story with her and progress her life and see her in a series of small confined rooms and, I thought the visual language of that uh, was really interesting. You know, she has yeah. this very small house because her p- family is poor and in an impoverished country, but it's as- also where it's the most colorful and the most bright and where she s- feels the most alive. And then she's a lab rat, right? And she's going from cage to cage. And then, once again, she's in a pretty confined space, all things considered. In her room in the Avengers Tower, we know during... Uh, Civil War, for example, that she's on true lockdown and, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Vision ends up being taxed with the uh, the job of keeping her locked in there. But but it's her space once again. And, and, and so I, I liked the playing with the idea of what four walls can mean and, and what being inside of something can mean and where that echoed the hex and where that echoed the house that she built with her powers. And I, I feel like that was deliberate personally. Maybe I'm digging uh, into nothingness. No. But I, I thought that there was something there, and I, I thought that was a very effective use of this uh, you know, era, if you will, this this conceit of a storytelling device. How, how about you? What, what I guess if, if we're going off, well, and if you want to reject it entirely, do it. I, it's not that but I re- what, what did you think about, like... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, not that I reject that idea at all. Um, I, I love that. Um, I, for me, I mean, yes, anytime, like, like, kind of like you said with about, about prequels and whatnot, anytime that a a franchise this big has to go through its own past, uh, you know, it's, it just opens itself up huge for continuity errors and you have to kind of really be specific about things and they are, they are going through and they are changing, uh, things that we've seen or things that we know to be true in the past, um, in the best of ways and kind of retconning their own uh, you know, history, um, which I think is so bold of this Disney plus show to do. Um, and also so necessary if we are going to, um, go where we want to go in the future. Right. So I just, I mean, hats off to them for like, not, not shying away from like letting us see her, uh, you know, in those moments, um, reliving the Hydra base, reliving the Avengers compound, like getting those set pieces right and everything like that. It's good stuff, um, but uh, to now to reject your idea, uh, okay. <clears throat> my uh, my time stone entry um, is actually Agatha's past, uh, sixteen ninety three Salem, Massachusetts. We are seeing sure. um, it's this. It's the opposite of what we are used to seeing. Now I want to also be clear, like. <laughs> Real quick, I'm playing a, a Scooby-Doo RPG right now with some friends. Um, it's as cool as it pen sounds. Pen and paper? Yeah, pen and paper. Um, Does everybody do the voices? Yeah, we do. <laughs> yeah, okay, good. And, I, was, uh, I was like, roll to run! Exactly. Yeah. And my friend Emma is running this uh, this this one, um, and she... Uh, I, I've, this season... Sorry, we, we kind of do seasons. This season's taking place in, uh, in Salem, and so I've been learning so much about Salem. Did you know that, like, I mean... I guess this makes sense when you think about it, but there were no actual witches burned, or not actual witches, but nobody was actually burned for being a witch in Salem, Massachusetts. That's, that's not, they, that's they were apocryphal. hanged. They were hanged. That's apocryphal. Yeah. That's fascinating. Um, no, they were hanged. So anyway, the whole burning the witches wow. thing is kind of interesting. Um, I, now I'm not a historian, so maybe there are other cases of witches being like, you know, in quotes, which is being burned. We can only hope so. Um, yeah. But uh, but this is such an interesting take. I love it. We, we see this coven of witches, and they're the ones doing the burning. Um, but specifically, yeah. just just 
kind of showing us how far back magic goes. Now I know that with Doctor Strange we got hints at this and everything like that that this is there's magic in the world and things like that, but seeing it from a different perspective from actual like from a different part of history, um specifically American, you know, uh history and American magic and things like that, um was just so cool and I, we've never I mean aside from like a few scenes here and there throughout the MCU, we've never gone back this far uh in american or in really mcu history um very rarely do we ever go back and so like the moments that we do i really love so just seeing that was really great yeah i think that uh this is maybe as far as like actually a date appearing on screen the furthest back in time that we've seen the mcu officially it might be yeah because i'm with you that i'm sure that in doctor strange there are some moments where we go further back yeah. but there aren't dates up on the screen that I can recall. Maybe Thor, um, but it's hard to tell with Thor, right? Yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, I, I, uh, I'm with you. I, I think that that was, uh, it was a cool, it was a nice touch. It also sets up some cool things potentially, I think in a subtle way for multiverse of madness. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's a handful of really cool characters that you've talked about on your podcast. The one that really comes to mind is Elsa bloodstone that, yeah, I hope we start to, uh, set up and really get into i learned about her from your podcast and then they added her as a character to marvel uh marvel ultimate alliance 3 and th- and then I, oh, like, I totally fell in love with her i'm like oh dude i can play as her that rules yeah she's awesome. uh yeah I, i'm hoping she she's gonna get added at some point see yeah she actually well we'll get well i i i think i think there might be a spot for her on the young avengers roster that's my, my oh uh, I, I i don't know we'll see we'll see that's... all right <laughs> Your but, roster, your Young Avengers roster is gonna be like it's twenty stacked, people bro. big. It's stacked, bro. Yeah, just wait. Yeah, Starfire and Robin are gonna show up. It's me nuts. Uh, <laughs> okay, uh, well that wouldn't be very realistic, would it? So let's talk about the reality. Stone. That'd be a big old oops. Whoopsies. So these are bloopers, plot holes, things that just pulled you out, etc. So I'm going to go off that moment that you were just talking about, and I will say that I think Catherine Hahn rules. I think she's a very good actress. I think that the uh, direction of this show in general has been fantastic. I think Matt Shackman has done a great job. I thought the least specific acting choice or perhaps directing choice yet was... Whether or not Agatha was actually afraid that she was going to die, yeah. whether or not I should be afraid she was going to die, or whether she maybe knew all along she was so powerful she wasn't going to. I couldn't tell. I couldn't make heads or tails of it. I watched it three times to make sure I wasn't being a stick in the mud. Right. And I stand by it. I think it is the least specific acting and directing choice of the entire season so far. And I still can't tell you what Agatha is thinking in her head during that scene. I took I out. agree. I agree actually with that. And I think it the reason it sticks out so much is because it's such an uh, integral part of like yes. what we should expect next. Like we still don't fully understand her powers and Yes. It, it was a weirdly it was an interesting thing because all of these witches are blasting power at her trying to destroy her, we assume. Um it it doesn't yeah. work, but then with when they're all down, the leader of the you know supposedly her mother or is that just what they yeah. call them her right um, just does it anyway and tries to you know blast her herself and it just it made no sense to me I was like well obviously that didn't work why are you still yeah. doing it as cool as that scene was and cool as cool as it was to go to Salem and see these witches that part kind of pulled me out and then I guess I'll tie into this one's not a plot hole so much as just something that like. Maybe it made me think in a way I'm supposed to, but I it definitely wasn't answered so much. A lot of the, so the other witches were shooting blue lasers and and Agatha was shooting purple lasers and Wanda has red and Vision when she makes Vision in the while she's building the hex, she makes him out of yellow. And I can't help but think of all the different infinity stones and what those colors mean mm. and so like I'm confused cuz like I'm pretty sure blue is space, right? Yeah. So like are the witches shooting Agatha with space magic and then she's turning that into power magic? Or is that just kind of like they happen to have blue magic and she has purple magic? Because I'm pretty sure that Wanda is making red magic because it's reality magic because she's a scarlet witch and it's chaos magic. 
that I think that that is congruent, but maybe it's not. And of course, she got her power from the Mind Stone, which is yellow, which is, I think, why her magic turns yellow when it's making vision. But there was just a lot of that where coming as a Star Wars fan, where I can't help it, if I see red, it's Sith. If I see green, blue, or yellow, it's a Jedi. If it's purple, it's Samuel L. Jackson. And, I, you know, I like, I just couldn't help but, like, maybe think about that more than the show wanted me to actually think about it. And you're smarter than me about this kind of stuff, so maybe you've got a better answer. No, but I, I was like, there's so many bold color choices, and it felt random rather than intentional. I, I don't know. I think, so, so, I totally get where you're coming from, and I think that you have a really good point, because... You know, when you have this, the difference is, I suppose, that, uh, you know, treat this more like, uh, like lights. Well, no, that's, that's, see, that's even a bad example, too. I was going to say lightsaber colors. But, like, yeah, you're right. When it comes to Star Wars, it's very, like, black and white on, on the color scheme. Uh, sure. It's more binary. It's yeah. like, are you Sith leaning or Jedi right. leaning? Yeah. But, uh, with this, I mean, I, I, in my opinion, the magic, the natural magic that we're seeing starting to come through this show, and even that from Doctor Strange, is separate from the Infinity Stones. Um, and I'll, I know it's I think weird so too, because so like Doctor Strange magic, like Stephen Strange, his his magic is all yellow and orange in nature. Um, yeah, even though the uh, even though his the time zone is green, green right? right? So it's separate. Yeah. Um, and so. I don't know what the significance of the blue magic is. Um, obviously, red is chaos magic, and that's completely uh, different, right? Um, right? Agatha, I think, is her own interesting thing, it's similar to Wanda. I think her magic is dark magic, and so it's purple. Um, sure, sure. And so I think we'll see more of... We might see more people in Multiverse of Madness using that purple magic, using dark magic. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like that forbidden, super powerful stuff. Um, and it seems like the only thing she fears is the fabled, you know, chaos magic, that red yeah. magic that Wanda's yeah. using. Cause, yeah, she's out there Avada Kedavering all sorts of stuff. But, yeah. but she, you know, yeah, the Imperio, yeah, all that. Yeah. No, I, that's a fine answer. And again, I, I think like when I, if I just turn my like MCU brain off, I liked it a lot. It was very visually pleasing, but it was just kind of like, I don't know, especially when she absorbed their power and then it was purple and the purple is the power stone. That was the one in particular where I was like, am I supposed to see a parallel here or right. is that just, and I guess my, my slight complaint is like, and now maybe like purple just pops better than what I'm about to say, but like. I'm thinking about how the dark saber looks in the Mandalorian, where it's like somehow like black and silver and white and gray, kind of all at once. Yeah, I kind of feel like that might be a better visual distillation of black magic if it's not supposed to be tied to the Infinity Stones in some way. I don't know. We've talked well, about this longer than I meant the, to. The last thing I'll say, I, but, the last thing I'll say yeah. about it is that you know, iconically in the comics, purple magic is tied to you know dark evil. magic. Yeah. And so yeah, and they don't want and I and you should always treat you know the source material with respect and that's great. Um, it's just it's just interesting to me. But then I mean also that if you want to argue that one of the Infinity Stones has a value to it, power is maybe the most you know like yeah. objectively corrupting force of the Infinity Stones. Time is not innately corrupt. Re you know reality is not innately corrupt. But, but power, the, the the pursuit of power is 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 yeah. a corrupt act. I don't know. I, we are on this too much. So I'm so sorry. Uh, any reality moments for you? Uh, the only one for me was like a really nitpicky thing. As I was looking at the briefcase of dad's, uh, DVDs that he was selling or VHS, I suppose that he was selling. Yes. Um, uh, I, I couldn't help but notice Malcolm in the middle was there <laughs> and then it made me go into a whole like Google thing where I was like, wait, wait, wait a second. Hold on. Scarlet Witch was born in 1989. She's probably like nine years old what 10 years old i forget how old she's supposed to be in that flashback but i was like malcolm in the middle didn't come out for another <laughs> till 2000 year. that was a, i had that same thought i was like that is a brand new <laughs> dvd box set. yeah that one that one just came out um yeah so i had that same thought it, yeah there's like a six month window of time where this apparently takes place <laughs> yeah 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 i had that i had that same thought clocked the same one all right. Well, we've discussed all the different aspects of what built this episode up. So let's talk about power. Who won the episode? 
I know I maybe took a couple of shots at him as far as uh, my, my complaint about the Agatha moment, but I'm going to go with someone we haven't called out yet who's been wonderful all season, and that is director Matt Shackman. He is a veteran television actor. He did the pilot for The Great, which he was recently Emmy-nominated for, Game of Thrones, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, Fargo, which is probably the best show on television for my money right now. Um, absolutely incredible veteran TV director who has just been just, you know, 10 out of 10 all season. The direction yeah. is always good on this show. The, the nailing of the individual styles, anytime we've complimented the the overall aesthetic and look and vibe of a, of a TV period. Matt Shackman deserves a huge chunk of the that pie, and it, he's done a great job all season. But this episode in particular was very heady and con high concept and out there and had a lot of heavy lifting and a lot of work to do. Yep. And other than one or two just very specific small moments, never dipped, was, was very compelling, made me cry, made me feel very emotional about... Uh, a witch and a robot and i i think he's just done a great job all season and it's about time i gave him a power stone how about you justin uh so I, yeah uh, so originally I, my original my original one for this was going to be jack schaefer um because i was gonna you know I was going to, that was back when I was going to give her the writing credits for this too. And then you brought up the fact that that wasn't her that, that wrote this one. And it was instead, yes. uh, who'd you say? Uh, Laura Donnie. Laura Donnie. Okay. Yeah. So, um, yeah, anyway, I, I guess Laura Donnie is my, my there answer there you go. because yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so did Laura Donnie write like all of these? I, I in my head no. it was Jack Schaefer so who wrote a, most of them. So Jack Schaefer is the head writer. Like the head writer. So they've got okay. a writer's room. And then, like, they're all contributing to all the scripts. Okay, okay. But then, like, I, uh, there's a handful of episodes that have a different head writer on that particular script. And this particular sure. one, Laura Donnie got it. My well, bet is that uh, that it's going to go back, to, um, you know, for the finale. I'll just say, in that case, the writing staff. There's the whole writing crew. Yeah, sure, um, sure. Because, because these are my favorite episodes in most shows. When we get an isolated look at one character... Uh, we just kind of stop everything else that's happening. Um, like you mentioned Fargo earlier, the the uh, the rabbi uh, episode of the latest season. Um, Incredible. So fantastic. Um, so uh, anyway, uh, I love those moments where we can just kind of like pause the action and take an inside look at something that's going to help us kind of as we get to the finale. So bravo yes. to them. I love it. And I'm with you. Uh, penultimate episodes tend to be my very favorite because of the way my imagination works. You've given me just enough that I know almost all the story and I can't <clears> wait <throat> to see how it ends. And, you know, I mean, that's like almost all my favorite trilogies. The second one's almost always my favorite. You know, I have Harry Potter. My favorite two books are five and six. And yeah, I, I, yeah. I just I, I love this part of the journey. Ends are great, but I think there's a very human part of me that doesn't like the end because the end reminds me of my immortality and death. And I like the part where I'm, you know, like whoa, 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 whoa. Ben, 40 ben, years ben, old ben. and I'm established and have a checking account, you know. Ben, uh, ben. All right. I think you need a Snickers, man. I think you need a Snickers. <laughs> I need a Snickers. I'm spiraling. I need a Snickers. Uh, by the way, we should take, take a quick uh, word from our sponsor. Are you uh, spiraling about your own mortality? Snap into a Snickers. Snap into a Snickers. It's sort of like Snap into a Slim Jim, but without Macho Man Randy Savage. <laughs> and we're back. Uh, without Macho Man Randy Savage. <laughs> All right. So we're going to go into the Mindstone predictions for the finale. Uh, I guess we didn't say this up top, but if you're just now listening, sorry that there were lots of spoilers. And there will be more spoilers. Why did you keep uh, listening? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're like, oh, I, I keep waiting for the spoiler warning. Um, I guess none of I this hope is everybody in the caught that post credit scene. I actually talked to a lot of people who didn't oh. and was like, I was like, no, 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 you have to watch this one. So yeah, real quick. We, you know, we kind of talked about how last time, you know, you go. I was going to say real quick, if you haven't watched that post credit scene, pause this, go back and watch Do it, right it now. and then Do come right back because we're going to talk about yeah. it right now. Yeah. We'll wait. Okay. No, we won't. <laughs> uh, but uh, I thought that this was interesting because last week's felt like a red herring throwaway, like... I was kind of like, what the heck was that? Yeah. And yeah. it also didn't, I'm sure it'll end up mattering a little bit, but excuse me. Um, I hope I didn't hear. I'm going to go back a little bit so I can edit that burp out. But it, it just kind of threw me because it was like, uh, it's not that it didn't matter at all. 
but it it wasn't. I don't know. Whatever. No, it, it, this week felt very important. Yeah, it felt. Yeah, it was weird to have these back to back weeks where the one was kind of like a little bit of a little tease, and then the next one was like, oh no, this is what the last episode is going to be about. Right. And maybe several things after this show is over. You yeah. know. Yeah. Uh, so White Vision. We. So this is interesting to me. I was actually first introduced to White Vision because my first interaction with Vision was there was a Super Nintendo game called Captain America yeah. and the Avengers. Yeah. And it had Hawkeye and, and Vision, and my brothers and I would refer to Hawkeye as purple... Uh, we, we Yeah, what was it? Pur- well, yeah. Purple Man... Yeah, Purple Man and White Guy. That's what we called Purple, purple Man, purple and, man white and White Guy. We weren't sure who they were. <laughs> we knew Iron Man and Cap, but we didn't know Hawkeye and Vision. So Purple Man and White Guy. So this, this is uh, the look of Vision that I first came to know. And, uh, yeah, so, I mean, obviously he's going to be an antagonist. Mm -hmm. Here's my prediction that I don't love. My prediction is that Paul Bettany's comments about the actor he couldn't wait to act with were cheeky and that he is referring to the fact that he is going to have scenes with himself. Yeah. Which will be a little disappointing, and I think that he overplayed his hand a little bit there, but I will still ultimately enjoy that, and that's my big prediction for the next episode. What do you think about that? I I have to agree. I because only because we got confirmation. Well, no, even and even then, the fact that he says he has multiple scenes with this person, um, I think the only. Yeah, the only thing that could be true at this point is that he was he was just playing with us, which I can't fault. You know, when you when you're doing all these press tours and you have to answer the same questions over and over again, like having a little fun and actually giving giving the the, the people something to to uh, you know hold on to. I think it, you know he, he didn't lie. Like I, I think he just had some fun, and so. I'm okay with it, honestly. Yeah, I'm not like mad at him. I just stop, think he, like Ben. Why are you so these mad? These actors need these actors need to tread soft because, and maybe he gets like a kick out of it, you know. But it's like, I, I you know, I, I think that you're you're inviting unnecessary, um, you know, vitriol and venom headed your way by by going for it. You know, that's all. I, I hope pe- be nice to Paul Bettany. If, in fact, he did do this and, you know, I think he's trying to be a goofball. He wasn't trying to piss you off. I'm sorry it's not Reed Richards, but, yeah. So, uh, what, I, I, what, I find, <laughs> what I find fun about it is that he could have multiple scenes with himself, and that is a fun little thing for me. If, if there would have been nothing, like, if, 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 like, if he said those comments and then there was just, like, no actual, like, even cheeky reason that he said them... That would have been annoying to me. This isn't annoying for me. This is just kind of like, oh, he got us. He zinged us. Okay. Yeah, cheekiness is charming. Yeah, but no, I'm, I'm looking forward to those scenes. I think th- those could be cool and interesting, and uh, it'll be hard for Wanda for sure to be emotional. But what, how about you? What's your big prediction for the finale? Oh, boy. Um, well, first of all, I want to I go ahead and say, like, you know, I finally got one wrong. I was wrong about Agnes or Agatha. You know, I, I, I think she is kind of oh just that she wasn't big bad she yeah well well, because i claimed last week that she wasn't the big bad right um and i think it's pretty clear that she is uh at this point even though i think i think she's gonna come around it's her and hayward yeah for sure but yeah i yeah she could still like pull an anti-hero turn yeah i think she's gonna go she's still i think still qualifies as as big bad more than yeah. not. Well, I think she's you definitely know, big yeah. bad of this series, and that's kind of what we were yes. talking about. And I think I could see her pulling, uh, you know, the anti-hero turn when it comes to Doctor Strange. You know, maybe they go to her for some help with dark magic kind of stuff. Um, yes. That'd be cool. Uh, but anyway, so I was wrong there. Um, I think that, um, first of all, we're going to get a big battle, pretty obvious. I think, yeah. I think it's going to be, uh, you know... I think the boys versus their uncle Fiatro. Um, I think that'll be a cool matchup. That will be cool. I think Vision against whatever, uh, I guess White Vision maybe in some way, and Wanda versus, you know, uh, uh, Agatha. Um, in different ways, I suppose. I think that's what it's ultimately going to be. But I think it's really going to come down to, well, first of all, I think Wanda, so one thing I wanted to say earlier with uh, Agatha's mother that we saw, you know, when she goes full on, 
crazy power. She gets that kind of crown, um, like formed out of her magic. And I think Wanda's going to get a similar kind of crown in this episode. And it's going to be reminiscent of that, you know, of her costume uh, from the comics. Well, and she saw that vision in the Mind Stone when she got her powers. And I had that thought where I was like, is... Is this something that's always been inside of her that the Mind Stone furthered? You know, like, right. I was thinking about that, that, like, when she's a kid, it's a little unclear about whether or not she has powers, maybe. Like, more than ever, I think it was made, and feel free to disagree, no. murky about whether or not she was the reason the bomb never went off. Uh, like, Well, and I th- think they answered that question right? with this, right? It's it, it. It was her, right? Yeah, I think. I think. I mean, that's exactly. What I feel like it's still a little vague, but that I thought there was a pretty heavy implication that it was her. It, she yeah. fought. She kind of fought that idea back a little bit. She kind of basically said, "No, it just didn't go off." But like, but Agatha the more was like, you did that, yeah. And and then so again then that, with the Mind Stone in the compound. Uh, so in the so, hydro- and I I I don't mean to want be the one who keeps trying to shoehorn mutants, but like no. it's interesting to me to think. This was something that was always inside of her, mm-hmm. and the Mind Stone was the stone that unlocked a part of her, a part of her brain, a part of her chemistry that allowed her to, and Pietro as well, to fully become what was already in there somewhat. Yeah. And if you're asking yourself, how do mutants show up in this? Where are mutants? Where are they from? Why weren't they here before now? That kind of stuff. An interesting angle would be it's inside them always and something has to untap it in some capacity. Sure. You know? Sure. So I, I think, I don't know if I'd full blown put that in a prediction, but I do, I'll clock it as something that wouldn't shock yeah. me. Uh, but yeah, sorry. You were talking about the, no, crowd, I mean, I, I completely I, agree I, with you there. I, I, um, now whether they decide ultimately that, you know, this is their, this is their way of introducing mutants or not. I, th- I could see it going either way. I could see this just yeah. being, uh, the magic or being mutants. Uh, either way, uh, I think it's pretty clear that she was she had some sort of power prior to the Mind Stone, right? And so, and it was it was probability, which is that again that chaos magic was always inside of her, which is why she's the she is the chosen you know one to defeat whatever you know down the line. Um, she she has some sort of like chosen one vibes to her, which is what scares Agatha. And I think ultimately that's what's going to defeat Agatha. Um, But the big question mark for me is Hayward, right? Like, I think the hex goes down. I think Wanda finally overcomes her her own fears of... I think she's going to have to overcome her own fears of Vision uh, leaving. And I think that's going to... There's going to be a heartbreaking moment, of course, where he's going to accept death and whatnot. Um, But the question is, like, you know what does that mean ultimately for Vision's body? Because now they know they can rebuild Vision. So, like, what, did she destroy every aspect of him this time so that nothing could ever come back? Um, you know? Uh, okay, I think, I, I don't really have too many predictions in that regard. So the last thing I'm going to say, though, because I'm rambling, is I think we are going to see Doctor Strange in even maybe an after credit scene um, I do. I think yeah. he's going to come. He's going to ask, you know, tell Wanda that you know she needs training, or maybe she'll go to him and ask for training. Um, but I think that's you know because they, they've always said this is going to lead right into Doctor Strange. So I think we have to see Doctor Strange, or at least her going to his going to the Sanctum Santorum uh, and knocking on the door or something, you know, along those lines. Yep. I I think that's a a great pick. Yeah, she, she at the very least it's going to end with her at. What is it? Seventeen one seventy seven A Bleecker Street. Is that yeah, it? Yeah, it was very similar to like a, a Sherlock Holmesian. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, thing. yeah. So yeah, I think I think that's it. I might, I I don't know. My brain's not as sharp as it once was, which is to say, not very sharp at all anymore. Uh, okay, so let's go on to the Watcher. Now, now that we've assembled the gauntlet, let's snap our way snap, snap, snap. into uh, the the Watcher's trivia and Easter eggs, which is a good transition for me because. I noticed when the hex occurred, I, I was I did some pausing and rewinding and and was paying attention to the way that billboards changed and whatnot. Mm. 
And one of the billboards changed to a 1950s style logo that said, uh, make cleanup a snap. Lagos brand uh, for the the paper towels, which was interesting that they, so that's now a brand that existed even in the 1950s, apparently. And, uh, you know, make cleanup a snap is very interesting. Then I had one for you that, uh, I don't know. Maybe this is like gibberish. Mm -hmm. Does this mean anything to you? That the modern day, movie that was playing like before the hex yeah. was Tannhauser gate put the fun in dysfunction does that mean anything <laughs> honestly i i did not even Tannhauser. i mean i i did i did i only watched it the one time um as i have with most of these episodes yeah. um so i i didn't even catch it Tannhauser gate put the fun in dysfunction gate. I don't and I was like, know that movie. I'm not clocking that at all as a human being, as a citizen of Earth, as a as a Marvel fan. What? I don't know. But then when it snapped, it became Big Red and Kidnapped, which was perfect. You know, we got Scarlet Witch and she's kidnapped sure. the entire town. Sure. But yeah, so I was just like, I, Tannhauser Gate, I don't know who that is. I don't know. Because to me, the implication is that there is... A movie called "Put the Fun and Dysfunction" and the actor is Tannhauser Gate. I, I like. It was so weird because everything in this whole show has been so deliberate, and then that felt like the the PA who was in charge of the set designer, or whoever who was in charge of the the marquee, was like, "Yeah, I forgot. Oh crap! Uh, throw random letters up there." So that that was those were my Easter eggs. Uh, one Easter egg that was fully formed, and another that had been stepped on. Um. <laughs> Uh, so weird. Yeah, I googled Tannhauser Gate, and there's a lot. <laughs> there's a lot of it. Yeah, a lot of it has to do with Blade Runner, I guess. Maybe. Weird. I don't know. Interesting. Um, <clears throat> let's see. I'm gonna dig into this. Tannhauser Gate. Oh, Tannhauser Gate was the location of a campaign in which participant him. I'm gonna have to dig into this. Yeah, yeah. My, I, I'm like. This feels now. Now that I know there's a Blade Runner tie, I mean synthetics. You know, like Vision. There's a. This means something. This is a deep, deep Easter egg, and I'm gonna uncover it by the time that we start the last episode. Although it might not yeah. be relevant by then. All right. Um, any more Easter eggs? Well, Justin, uh, before we wrap? not really. I guess my big one was. Um, I think for me. Um. So House of M, as I've referenced a lot on the show. Uh, saw Wanda trying to give everybody their perfect reality. Um, what she, you know, when she looked in their mind and in their soul, what they truly wanted, she tried to give it to them, right? <clears throat> yes. And so what I think is interesting is, uh, and I need to rewatch it, so maybe you who have seen it more times can maybe put some <clears throat> put some uh, weight behind this, but the, the townspeople in uh, Westview... <clears throat> yes. When she's first driving through town, uh, we see a few of them, right? We see like Deborah jo- Deborah Joe Rupp, who I think is so it's so interesting. She gets a title credit um, every time that before, like before. Uh, uh, who is it? She comes before uh, Catherine Hahn, maybe. Anyway, it's like, so funny. Like I was like, she Cat Dennings. Yeah, 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 yeah she's yeah. in she like one episode. Um, <clears throat> but she she seems lonely sitting at a table, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we see the one guy with the mustache, like putting up a sign. We see, uh, there was somebody, I forget who it was, but something to do with piano lessons. And then I remembered, I think we see somebody playing piano earlier in the season. <clears throat> I guess what I'm trying to say show. is I want to rewatch yeah. it. I'm so sorry. I, my throat is <clears throat> closing up on me. <laughs> I'm keeping that in. <clears throat> oh, excuse me. <sighs> Swear to me. Swear to me. No, wrong franchise. Where's Rachel? Um, <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Where is she? But, <laughs> so, what, what I want to know is, I want to go back and rewatch it and see, did she give these townspeople their ideal lives or, like, what they wanted? Like, was oh. Deborah Jo Rupp's character searching for love? Was this piano, you know, somebody, like, trying to learn piano and then we see them playing piano later in the, like, ideal world? Um... You know what I mean? Uh, so just instinctively, did she try to change things for the better for them? Yeah, that would make it a little bit more because we're going to have to walk away from this feeling 
like Wanda can still be a hero we root for, you know? And that would be one of the small little ways that could help a little bit. Well, is is if it turned out that, like, there was a little bit of altruism to her chaos. Yeah, we'll we'll see. That's an interesting thing to clock. I I hadn't thought about that. Yeah. But you're right. The most clear one was definitely that she was sitting very alone, and we know that she's seemingly happily married in the 1950s Dick Van Dyke one. So, yeah. Great. Well, Justin, anything you want to get on wax before before we can... I mean, we've had a lot of really good predictions yeah. and analysis. I mean, I think if you've been listening to the show, you got to give us credit. We've clocked, I think, quite a bit of stuff yeah. uh, pretty well and, and have called things, uh, you know, so, you know, I, I think stick around. I don't know if there's going to be a season two of WandaVision ever. Probably not would be my guess, but... no. Uh, for these upcoming Marvel shows, we'll, we'll see if we can keep up this this track record. Yeah. Because uh, I, I think we had a pretty high batting average throughout this. Right. I, I'm, I'm still I'm still patting myself on the back for getting Mar- Modern Family. That was the one that where was I'm a, like... You got that mockumentary. I, I feel like I pulled that, that was, one pretty hard. Uh, yeah. That was yeah. out of nowhere. I didn't see that coming at all. That was good. Uh, well, I'm... <clears throat> I'm very excited. I'm going to uninstall all social media apps from my phone on <laughs> yeah. Thursday night because yeah. you yahoos are going to be out there spoiling it at three o'clock in the morning. Uh, no, our listeners would so, do that. But yeah. we're going to come back next week and we're going to do a recap episode or uh, like a, a what am I yeah, talking, or not a recap? More. A uh, what do you call it? Post like a post mortem. A post mortem. Yeah. yeah. Sick. Yeah, yeah, we'll do a postmortem. Hopefully, get Andy in on that postmortem. Yeah, or at least yeah. at least a third voice at the very least, because I would love to kind of like. Yeah, people have heard our thoughts the whole year, the whole season. It'd, it'd be nice to get another person's uh, view on it in there. But yeah, well, this this has been real fun. Uh, uh, you've been listening, and I've been went. And I'm just Justin. Just Justin. <laughs> Oh, what a bad way to end. Yeah, that was not my best work. It's 8 o'clock in the morning.